announced last night that he's already coming back to Boston. So we get, that part of me just wants to talk Celtics with him for a half an hour. I don't know. There's This could go in, in multiple, multiple different directions. Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal joins us now. Randy, thanks for taking some time on your Friday with us. I appreciate it. I, I assume you probably stayed up last night and watched the thrashing of the Colts. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So much going on now, Maddie. What a time to be alive. Huh? <laughs> what a time to be alive. <laughs> you know, Matt, I, I was, you know, absolutely, you know, thrilled with, with the Patriots' victory last night. It, you know, wasn't pretty. Uh, second half there was, was a little bit, you know, you, you're pulling on your collar a little bit there uh, when the Colts closed it within a touchdown. But, you know, I felt pretty secure the whole way. And uh, I think ultimately they made a, a nice step forward for a very tough game against Kansas City next week. So I was feeling good about that, but then I went to bed, put put my head on the pillow, and, and realized that it doesn't matter, you know, if I become a, a billionaire and tour the world to see the, the seven wonders of the world and, and enjoy sunsets in Tuscany and, and food in, in, along the Champs-Élysées. Boy, he sought this out. And, you know, just, you know, whatever culture I can take it, all that will never give me the same feeling as I would have had watching New York Knicks fans and New York media's <laughs> reaction to that video of Kyrie Irving saying he wants to stay. <laughs> I would give anything, anything to be able to see that. Oh, you and me both, my friend. <laughs> You and me both. When I when that came across my line last night, I'm like, okay. First off, I believe this, okay, because then I first the first thing I saw. This, now this is how if this doesn't show you how the NBA works, okay, I I can't help you. I can't show you. And to me, this is probably how you know regular media works. So everybody might want to pay a quick little attention to this, okay. At the same time that Kyrie Irving was announcing. To the fan base in Boston at TD Garden that he was going to stay, you know, if you had him. Sham Sharanya from, from uh, uh, I think he's, I can't remember who he's with now. He was with uh, he was with Yahoo, but he's with somebody else now. I want to say Stadium or somebody like that. Anyways, he's like the next Woj. He puts out, Kyrie Irving uh, has met with ownership and is expected to announce that he wants to re-sign with Boston next year. And literally two minutes later, I see... Bing, 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 bing. So you know what that means? An agent texted him, said Kyrie's agent was like, boop, 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 Shams, just to let you know. And he'd already met with him. Now, this is the kicker, okay, because I read the article. He had, Kyrie Irving had a media scrum. You know, the, you know the Boston media, that tough Boston media that just <laughs> chews people up and spits them out and throws them into the street. You know, the, oh, yeah. the husks of Carl Crawford are off to the side and, 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 and all these guys, right? Kyrie had met with ownership already and let them know. In fact, I read the article. It, it took them aback. They couldn't believe that Kyrie was like, really? It, you really? So they were, they were surprised. He was ready to announce to the media in the media scrum earlier in the day. You know why he didn't? Why? No one asked him the question. <laughs> no one. The toughest nails Boston media didn't say, hey, Kyrie, listen. Coming back. I know that you've talked about this, and you're probably not going to talk about it later, but it's probably not going to go away. You know, 
you could have asked it like this. It, this is a question that's not going to go away. How do you plan to answer that question all season? Like, do you have to just answer it the same way every time? Do you have to come up with a creative answer? Like, these are the things I would want to know. And I bet if you would ask that, he would have been like, you know what? It's funny you mentioned that. I'm actually thinking about giving them one consistent answer the whole way, which is I'm going to stay here. And then, boom, then you've got the byline. You're the reporter. Instead, it's done at a fan fest. It's shown on Twitter. And now everybody gets to write about it off of that. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm going to, when Pelletier joins me later, I'm going to be like, I need to ask you a serious question and just, you know, kind of go from there. I know that these are not the journalistic chops that happened at the Sun Journal. You guys ask the questions. So. Can I ask him why he let Buckley leave? <laughs> yeah, really? I don't think he let him leave. No. Let's put it that way. No. I'm going to go ahead and assume that. You know, Jerry Krasnick is uh, is now leaving ESPN.com, yeah, too? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. Now, maybe, you know, maybe he's coming home. That would be nice. Like, what, what would the circuit, did they just let him go? Or what I, think, I think it had been in the works for a while. I was really surprised that he, he avoided the purge. I mean, Jason Stark didn't even avoid that purge uh, that they had over there, but... Um, but no, he's, uh, my guess is he's gonna, he's probably got some time to, to play out the string here and then, uh, he's probably gonna, you know, end up at the athletic like everybody else does. You know, I'm waiting for the athletic to call me and just have me take over the main, you know, black bears athletic. Like I'll do it. Like, give me a, give me a holler. You know, if anyone from the athletic is listening, give me a call. Okay. I, I look forward to that tweet. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh yeah. And, and. I'll make sure that you get the thirty percent off subscription price too, Randy. You know, your buddies. You. you know, that's that's what we do. So, week six. I assume I'm going to go ahead and assume you're going to be at Oxford Hills tonight. Uh, um, yeah, it's a good assumption. Although there are other candidates, like you know, I wouldn't mind being at uh, Libby Field tonight for Freiburg and, and Levitt. Yes. Um, you know, we're yeah. we're kind of you know in the next man up mode and in, in South, wondering who, if anyone, is going to going to be a challenge to Levitt. Um, you know, they still have, of course, Freiburg tonight, and they have Gardner at the end of the season, and those are two of the most likely suspects. They already took care of, of the first candidate in Cape Elizabeth. Uh, that, so that, that could be a good game. Um, but, yeah, I'll be at, I'll be at, uh, at the Goring Complex and, and looking forward to, to seeing how the, the uh, Vikings have progressed. You know, I saw them a couple weeks ago against Bangor, which, you know, that, that's really not much of a test. They performed very well last week down at Chevres. Uh, so I'm, I'm eager to see them go up against, uh, you know, a team in A-South that is, you know, kind of playing the role of Scarborough this year, getting, I think, overlooked by a lot of people, understandably so. I mean, Scarborough and, and Thornton are, are you know, uh, absolutely demolishing everybody en route to their, to their clash tomorrow at Hill Stadium. Uh, but uh, Barney Eagle, I, I think, you know, before all is said and done, it's going to be a factor there in, in the South, and, and they're a, a very tough opponent for Oxford Hills. I mean, it's, you know, they're, they're kind of Oxford Hills, uh, you know, plus, plus two. They're, it's a bunch of big uh, farm boys who, who love to, to hit and, and, and play football, and uh, the, the added element with, with Barney Eagle is they're, they're just so... And Oxford Hills was very well coached, but Barney Eagle just kind of takes it to a whole new level. Uh, talking with Mark Soren the other day for that the story I did on tackling today, you know, he says Barney Eagle they'll, you know, mix up their their coverages, they'll disguise their coverages, they'll do stuff on defense that you don't really see that much uh, in Maine high school football. So that's that's going to be a challenge for for Coach Soren and his staff, and, and for. Uh, 
Colin Carson too. I mean, it's it's uh, it's a really really tough opponent coming up. I'm I'm really curious to see how the how the Vikings uh, hold up tonight. I'm really interested in that too, and I think the Sanford game is the thing that helped them against Chevrolet last week. Because I think that Sanford game was a nice little wake-up call for them that, you know what, people are going to talk about you in Portland as a class of the league, and you're going to have a big showdown with them in Week 7, but you can't overlook anybody the rest of the way. And I have a feeling they feel like they overlooked Sanford because they certainly didn't play their best game on the road. And that was a typical Oxford Hills thing over the last five years. Really good game. Things go well, and then they go on the road the next week, and they're like, oh, wow, what type of performance is that? They bounce back against Bangor, which was really what the doctor ordered there. And then you go on on the road to Chevrolet. And Randy, how many times have we covered that game with Edward Little, Lewiston, and Oxford Hills? They go to Chevrolet. They play really tough defense in the first half. Maybe they're down 7 to nothing, 10 to nothing, uh, getting ready to go into the half. And then either a special teams issue or uh, uh, something else happens, and Chevrolet gets the defense, either the, de- the defensive or special teams touchdown, or the defense special team sets up a quick touchdown, and then they get that other touchdown to start the second half, and they've got that little cushion there. You, I call it the, sh- the Chevrolet sandwich, and then you're out, and then you're in running time by the end of the third quarter, and then we're all trying to figure out what we're going to do on Saturday and what station that the UMaine football game is on. So it was a big change this Saturday. Big change from that. Sandwich. I, I like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a tough place to play, and they're a tough team to figure out. I mean, you know, they got EL tonight, and that's that's a big game too. Um, you know, it, I the, the thing that you know with the loss to Sanford, I think for Oxford number one, they uh, the the injury to Cam Slicer happened that week in practice, and I think that was a blow for them psychologically. Uh, and I guess they had some homelessness also that week that that might have affected them a little bit. But I agree they. They probably overlooked Sanford a little bit at that point. I think they were winless at that point. So, uh, you know, I think certainly they'll come into tonight loaded for bear. And, uh, you know, as far as I know, they're, you know, from, from seeing them at practice the other day, they're, they're healthy and ready to go. So I, I think they should be at their best tonight. The question is, you know, is it good enough to beat Barney Eagle or, or at least hang around with, with Barney Eagle? I think if they can do that, You'll be a huge psychological boost going up against Portland and uh, for the rest of the season, for sure. Talk of Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal and sunjournal.com. Boy, you know, you're right. I, I wished I could have cloned myself tonight. We're sending uh, we're sending Johnny over to the Levitt game uh, so that we can get video highlights from it and in-depth stuff because I thought Freiburg had a hell of a win uh, last oh. weekend. So... I'd, yeah. It, that that immediately uh, jumped the stakes in, in this game against Levitt on Friday night because Levitt does look like they've got looks like they've got it on all cylinders this year. Coach Hathaway always has them near the top. They're always going to make the first round of the playoffs. But it's kind of one of those teams like, all right, are they going to make the first round or who's going to beat them in the state championship? And this year to me seems like, wow, who's Levitt going to play in the state championship this year for the Hornets? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, I, you know, I've, I've gotten ahead of myself uh, a number of times with, with Levitt uh, over the years. And, you know, in all those years that they've gone into the playoffs as, as a favorite and, and the number one seed. Uh, but this team, I mean, the amazing thing about it is they're still so young. I mean, it's a junior, junior-laden team, but there's you know, a number of sophomores who have big impacts starting with the, the quarterback, White Hathaway. Uh, they're, they're still pretty a pretty young team, but they... They're fairly well seasoned. They have some playoff experience. They have some big game experience. They're just so talented, so versatile. I mean, so much speed, 
and Plunkett's size. I mean, their their linebackers are as big as all our teams' uh, defensive linemen. Uh, yeah, they're they're definitely clicking on all cylinders. They the the homecoming game out of that a couple weeks ago against York. I mean, they ran the same play that Damian Calder jet sweep three times and three times it scored. And you know, I would suggest that they just keep doing that until somebody stops. Absolutely, it's uh, it's it's proven to be. I believe the week before they they had pretty much the same success ratio as they did against York. So uh, yeah, I I think you know they they definitely made their case. You know, I, I don't know what the deal is with Gardner. I did not expect them to get blown out like they did against Freiburg last week. Uh, and I know their quarterback's been hurt. I don't know if he played last week. I knew he came back the week before. He had gotten hurt on, on the last play against Coney, the game-winning play, uh, and didn't play the, the week after that. I don't know if he played last week, and that's a big loss for them if he didn't. But, uh, you know, Gardner, Cape Elizabeth, and, you know, we'll see from Freiburg tonight, uh, you know, whether they're also in the conversation uh, once we get to playoff time. But the Levitt definitely, you know, has to be considered. <laughs> certainly has separated themselves uh, from those other teams uh, in the first six weeks here. Talking of Randy Whitehouse with Sun Journal, sunjournal.com. Randy, last time, uh, not this last uh, week, but the week before, I interviewed Mike Hathaway, and we had the conversation about um, when Orono had so few players and what's everybody going to do about that, the shrinking enrollments and whatever, and he said, you know, Things happen, and he said some of the kids that are making the big difference for us right now that everybody says, oh, those kids are so young. He said, we had two classes in a row back along that were really small, yeah. seven and one and and eight and the other. So we ended up playing those young kids the, the, when they were freshmen, which we normally don't do. Yeah. Now, those are the guys that we're all talking about that are juniors. They got tremendous experience because they took some lumps, too. But uh, they have that experience, and now they're going to have those kids for a couple of years, and I think it looks to me like they're going to be pretty strong for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Coach. And they also have some injuries uh, on top of those yes. small classes. I mean, why Athlete uh, played, you know, essentially the equivalent of like two or three games last year, uh, you know, filling in for Tim Albert. Yes. He was hurt, and also had some games where he was able to go in and, and with blowouts and stuff, so... And there were a number of other spots where kids had to step in because of injury, and now they're reaping the benefits because of that. Uh, you know, and that's that's been huge. I mean, you know, and part of that's also, you know, coaching from the middle school and freshman level. Sure. Kids are ready. When those kids step in, they're ready. Now, Mike hesitates to use them. He, he doesn't really want to if he doesn't have to. I mean, why is the first sophomore quarterback, starting quarterback that he's had, going into a season and the whole time that he's been there. And, you know, if anyone's going to be prepared to, to take over a system, it's going to be the, the coach's son, no doubt about it. But sure. you know, even Jordan Hurston had to wait his turn to play quarterback up there. So, you know, I, that, that's been huge for them, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, it, it, it's going to be big for them this year. I think, I think last year they were just kind of, with those younger kids, they weren't really prepared for, for how playoff football is different from regular season football. And they ended up paying the price. I don't think that will be the case this year for sure. We're talking with Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal, sunjournal.com. You can find him on Twitter, rawmaterial33. All right, we've talked, we talked a lot about the high school football scene. Um, of course, we'll be hearing from uh, some of the coaches today as well. 
uh, we'll, we'll have uh, games for you tonight. Now is really the time to discuss what you expect to happen in this five-game series, which, unlike Bleacher Report, who I believe picked the Yankees in seven, um, <laughs> I yeah. think it's difficult. Might have missed that one. I don't one. think that one's easy. I don't think you can... It was either the Yankees and... It was either... It was like... what They either picked the Red Sox or Yankees in seven, and then like they had the other series. I'm like, yeah, no, these are five-game series. But anyways... Well, I, I would not be shocked if NLB just decides to extend it to seven games, especially once the ratings start coming in for the first couple of games. There have been complaints about Red Sox Yankees series and games and stuff, but those things always outrate everything else. And I would not be surprised if MLB says, all right, let's do two more. Why not? That's funny. It's it's true, though. But when you think of it now, also, when we leave our games tonight, okay, uh, our games start at seven, so... I'm assuming we'll be out by about 9, 30, 10 o'clock, although I have noticed this year that a lot of the high school football games are a uh, uh, little bit longer than normal because you get a lot more teams passing. Yeah. <sighs> uh, you know, and I'm, I'm glad that sales pitching tonight and, and that I'm not going to be able to watch it because I, I get the feeling that it's just going to be so frustrating. I mean, unless he's been, like, the greatest – Academy Award-winning actor of all time these last couple of starts. I don't think he's anything close to what he was in, in June and July. And I, I've got a feeling that watching him tonight is just going to be kind of this slow deflation of, you know, for Red Sox fans, oh, my God, this was, you know, our greatest hope going into the into the postseason, our our trump card, you know, the one, the one area that we have it all over the Yankees in terms of, of, uh, matchups with the starting pitching. This was the guy who put us over the top, and he doesn't have it. I just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm not going to have to, you know, tune in for for the first or second inning and, and see the the 93-94 pop that topping out fastball. Uh, I just, I I have a really bad feeling about how Sale's going to perform, and I, I'm hoping I'm wrong because it, it's got to come down to the starting pitching for the Red Sox. I no faith in the bullpen whatsoever, and and even if the the bullpen performs well, uh, no faith that they're going to be able to outperform the Yankees bullpen. No, you know I don't think that's you know uh, the greatest thing to slice bread either. I think they have some flaws as well, but they're certainly better than the Red Sox bullpen. So it's got to come down to scale. It's going to come down to price, unfortunately, and you know those guys. Their track record isn't that great. They didn't pitch that well down the stretch. And, uh, you know, the only reason I'm picking the Red Sox is I, I, I made a vow to myself after 2004 I will never pick uh, against the Red Sox in a Red Sox-Yankees series again. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I just, I'm glad I'm not watching tonight because I, I really think it's going to be a huge, huge letdown for Red Sox fans tonight. But I could be wrong. I said that I said to Maddie yesterday on the air, the whole key I think for the Red Sox is keep it in the stadium. If they can keep New York from hitting home runs, I think they can win. The problem is they get one or two guys on, and somebody hits a gigantic three-run homer, and their whole, you know, their whole uh, dugout is just going crazy, and then they go on from there. If you can keep them from doing that, I think you got a shot. Yeah, I, I you know it, it, it's no secret, coach. That that's how how their offense works. They're not going to string together, you know, four or five singles and mixing a double here and there to 
get a two or three run rally, they're they're doing you know they're looking for the three run homer, and if you can prevent them from doing that, even even in their little uh, matchbox uh, uh, ballpark there, you know where where <laughs> all all judge and stand have to do is, is stick their bat out and hit it over the right field wall. If you can prevent them from doing that, it it, it takes away a lot of what they, you know what what their pro- productivity offensively is. Uh, you know, and, and the Red Sox in turn, you know, they need to be aggressive offensively. Uh, they need to make things happen uh, on the base pads, especially. Uh, they need to run. They need to run on Sanchez. They need to run on Roman. You know, whoever's catching for the Yankees, they need they need to get runners in motion. And uh, you know, that means guys need to get on base. Guys who haven't traditionally done that well in in the postseason. Uh, so, you know, hopefully Cora, you know, as soon as they get the opportunity, Cora, and I think he will. I have confidence that he will be aggressive and uh, and try to make things happen. But that doesn't certainly doesn't guarantee that, that they're going to be all that productive. Uh, but, you know, it's got to be kind of contrasting styles. I mean, the Red Sox can certainly hit out of the ballpark. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're, they're certainly going to have to, to be a little more aggressive and, and with the manufacturer runs a little bit more than the Yankees. That doesn't mean, you know, bunting, uh, you know, even if you have one of the catchers up there hitting, uh, you know, 067, you're, you probably aren't going to be dropping down a lot of, a lot of uh, sacrifice bunts, but, but you need to be running, stealing bases, taking the extra base when you can, uh, and, uh, you know, making something happen. And I think, especially at home, I think that's important because I think the crowd – you know, if Sale comes out and is struggling, gives up a run or two early, the crowd's going to be like, oh, boy, here we go again. It's going to deflate a lot of the energy out of the ballpark, and they're going to need to do something to, to spark that energy. Talk with Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal, sunjournal.com. I'm kind of glad I'm not going to be there tonight either to watch it because, you know, I'll be paying attention when I'm on the sidelines, but my, uh, I, I, I just... I still have a little, you know, people don't understand, like, as much, as many games as the Red Sox and Yankees have played against each other since 2004, they haven't met in the playoffs during that amount of time. So I'm already back, and this, I'm telling you my major concern right now, this is the biggest thing, and I actually had a nightmare about this last night. Yankees get up two to nothing, and then the Red Sox come back and win it three games to two. Like I don't, I, I can't, I can't afford the therapy bill that I'm gonna need if that happens. Like I can't, I can't live in a world where the where the Yankees can't hold on to a lead against the Red Sox. You know what I mean? I don't, I refuse to live in that world at that point. I will, I will go with Kyrie, man. Team, team off grid. Hashtag team off grid. Out the door. Like I'm out. Like that's, I'm a. That's a little bit of a concern with me. But I can also see your point here because I could see. Um, I could easily see Salem Price falling down, you know, 0-2, and then all of a sudden you've got a crucial game on Monday at Yankee Stadium with Rick Porcello trying to save your season. <laughs> no! <laughs> or, or, or then, and then he wins. Let's say he wins game three, and then all of a sudden, you know, Nathan Yavaldi, you know, game four. <laughs> oh, man. You know, you know if, if we do... You know, say say the Yankees go up two nothing, the Red Sox come back back to tie two two. Uh, you know, if we if we let get you know Price or, or Sale or whoever in, in Game Five, I will personally go down to to Fenway and 
and pour a packet of ketchup in their sauce <laughs> and really trigger you. <laughs> and, you know, just just completely have you go completely off the rails. Yeah, that would be, that's what would happen, too. That's exactly, that's exactly what would happen. Hey, after uh, watching the Pats last night, uh, anything anything stick out at you outside of the fact that we've got to figure out what happened to Jason uh, or what happened to Devin McCourty? Because I don't know what's left of him. Well, I mean, I my son and I have been talking about this for a while. He's he's looked like he's even last year he looked like he lost the step. He's just he's not he's not as fast or as quick as he used to be. Uh, the play made stripping uh, stripping that guy the ball last night. I can't remember who it was, but that play was a tremendous play, and, and why you keep him around. But he can't if he can't cover Eric Hebron. I I don't know who who he can cover. Uh, he's he's not he's not an asset in in the uh, coverage scheme for the for the Patriots, and uh, you know that's unfortunate because they really count on their safeties. A lot with their with, for their pass defense. So yeah, he's uh, he's kind of uh, kind of a late stage Rodney Harrison at this point. Without you know being as much of a thumper, you, you don't want him in one on one coverage with even the slowest tight end. I mean, I'd, I'd like to watch him in Dwayne Allen in practice because I think it would be just you know uh, two got two turtles basically on on a football field, but just. They're both so very slow, uh, but you know, Chung. I thought I thought Chung played really well, and he's having a good season when you know when he's healthy. And Gilmore, I mean, he's still kind of a mixed bag. Uh, you know, uh, fortunately, we didn't hear a lot about you know the other guys like like Jones and uh, you know it. It, it, it it's going to be the same old defense. It's the defense we've grown to know and. and you know, moderately accept over the last uh, three years, really, you know, since uh, after Super Bowl Forty Nine, That was a, a very good defense. We've had very poor defenses since, and it's going to come down to the offense being able to, to outscore everybody and and maybe the defense getting an occasional, uh, you know, uh, key turnover. Uh, you know, the offense, you know, I was very encouraged by last night. They, they took, an, I think, another step forward, obviously having – all their weapons there was huge. Uh, you know, I really like what I see from Sony Michelle the last couple of weeks. I was glad to see him put together good back-to-back weeks. I think the offensive line is playing well, and that's been encouraging. Uh, you know, so, I mean, we just need that train to, to, to keep building momentum because I just I don't see the defense, uh, you know, really being uh, much of a help this year. Fortunately, you know, there aren't too many good defenses in the conference outside of Jacksonville. You know, Kansas City's defense is probably worse than the Patriots' defense right now. So, uh, you know, we have that going for us at least. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not really expecting much of anything from, from the defense. Just, you know, try to keep try to keep as many starters healthy as possible and and try not to, to let the, the floodgates open too often. Just, you know, do the usual, you know, bend but don't break and, and get the occasional turnover that makes the difference. That that's the best I think we can expect from them. <clears throat> you can catch him in the Sun Journal. You can catch uh, his talking points going into week six as well. Go to sunjournal.com or pick up a copy wherever fine newspapers are sold. 
Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal will be at the Oxford Hills Bonnie Eagle game tonight. I look forward to patrolling the sidelines with him. I will see you later on, my friend. Yeah, see you there. Coach, have a good one. Take care. That's Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal. Sunjournal.com. We are due for a break. Time for a little legal ID, perhaps. It's a B-List Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR Radio Network.